0: Can you know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved? Well, let's answer that next on Truth For Today. Can you know if you are truly born again? Some say yes, some say no. I always appreciated Azal Nettleton's answer to that question. The great evangelist of the 1800s would always say, I'm rejoicing in hope. We're looking at John chapter three, as well as First John chapter five here today on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're continuing our series through John called Life Forever in Jesus. And we're answering the question, can you know if you're truly born again? Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's program.
1: is righteous to forgive you because it's already been dealt with at the cross. And he's just extending the benefit of Christ's death to you about that sin. But Christian people confess they're wrong, not only to God, they're willing to ask forgiveness of wife, husband, fellow believer, instead of just storing up the resentments, carrying it around. No, 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 no. Born again, people can sin and do sin, but they confess it. They confess it. It's, uh, uh, I I don't know, I just meet many people. It would kill them to ever say they were wrong. I could never make it if I couldn't confess it. I start out feeling I'm wrong. I'm a sinner to start with. The miracle is I do anything right. Hmm? That God does anything good through you. And, but I see stubbornness in believers, just, mm-mm, mm-mm. And more churches have been split over stubbornness than adultery. Nobody admits they're stubborn and won't change, won't bend. Now, matter of fact, I just soon get a divorce as to ever ask your forgiveness. The rebellion, that's the sign of an unregenerate heart. Because once you've been regenerated by the Spirit of God, He gives you a heart of flesh, takes away the heart of stone, giving up that stubbornness that you can't admit it. And you know, the the only way uh, I've been able to make it in my marriage is to admit, and I've been about wrong about 90% of the time. It's terrible when you marry a saintly woman. She knows God better than me. And you know how I know that? It's in her spirit and in her behavior. I'm the South Richmond boy that wants to win every argument and I'll show you I'm right. And the Spirit of God just grabbed me and said, oh, you little... Who do you think you are? You go in there and apologize to that gift from God God gave you in this precious woman. I'd rather have her than to hold on to my stubbornness. I'd rather have fellowship with one another than to hold on to that stuff. Believers do not always keep it together. But boy, as soon as you just raise up your hand and say, I surrender, I was wrong. Hallelujah. God won't beat you up. He'll forgive you. And you can go on. Then you have another argument later. (laughs) But you'll be right back. It has a way of breaking you when you're accountable for what you do makes you accountable. Well, third question. When a born-again person sins, uh, they lose their salvation. Uh, they have to be born again, again, is what I really said. Uh, so you got to get saved again, again, because the first one you lost. So you need another one. Uh, Why well, get a second one if you can lose the first one? But okay. Uh, Christ's death for the believer keeps them saved since he paid for it. And look at what he says, 2-1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not even sin once. I don't want you to sin at all. But if anyone does sin, and I just told you Christians do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation or the satisfactory payment is the idea For our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now notice what he goes on. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar in the truth. So he's going right on telling us that we are people who obey God as a whole. But when we don't and we sin, it's where that aspect of the cross work of Christ that says, Father... I've satisfied your wrath against them once for all, and I now plead my work on behalf of them, and you stay saved. Uh, That was the hard one uh, for me to accept. I used to think he was for me until I sinned. But when I sinned, I either lost salvation or Christ moved out. I I, I had all these, you know, the famous stories. What if you sin on the way home from church you'll be lost? Just what a way to tell a young person, come to Christ and you'll be saved until you sin. I never wanted to get saved. I knew I didn't have a chance. How about saying, come to Christ and you'll never be able to sin again and enjoy it. And you'll be assured that Christ died for your sin. And the Spirit will bring you to say, I'm sorry, I sinned against you, please forgive me. That's a lot different than saying, you start probation, but if you ever blow it, if you ever, so we create hypocrites, we create people that answer altar calls, leave the church and never come back because they sinned in the meantime. No, 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 no. When we sin, while I'm in the act of the sin, my Savior acts as my satisfactory payment for anything I've ever done wrong, even as a Christian when I'm in the midst of it. How is it God can forgive me so much up to the time I'm saved, and for the least infraction after I'm saved, I lose it? No, 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 no. See, you've got to be assured he's paid for what you're liable to do. He'll, he paid for what, you know, you got saved back here. You sinned here. Do we have to get him back on the cross? No, he said, one death covers the whole journey. And, and then the question comes up. Well, if you got that kind of coverage, let's sin all we can. God forbid. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's not in the heart of people don't want to sin more against the God that loves them so much to put his son on the cross. See, sin breaks your heart as a believer because you know you're sinning against the Savior. That's the heartbreak. You know you had a right to push the guy off the road into the ditch. You, you, know, you know you had that right. My, you left a gospel track. What more does he want? <laughs> you know, but you, you can feel justified in these different things. But it's when you know, against thee and thee only have I sinned. That's what broke David's heart. My sin was more than just against Bathsheba. I sinned against my God. That's the heartbreak. Well, a born-again person practices, verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has dedicated their life, has got filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait, wait, you mean just being born again makes you want to practice righteousness? Well, I I got saved, but I still cuss. I got saved, I'm still sleeping with a woman I'm not married to. I got saved, but I'm still hooked on drugs. I got saved. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Being saved, he tells the Corinthians, you used to be fornicators, you used to be homosexual, you used to be thieves. You, you, but you've been washed. You've been renewed. You've been set apart. You've been changed by a one-step program called the new birth. The new birth. Not 12-step, one step. Christ. And, and I meet people who say, well, have you ever whipped the habit? Why would God save you to leave you powerless to change? I thought God does a work in us that changes us. Have you ever heard people say, I came to Christ and never had another drink from that day forward? I came to Christ, I never used a needle another time. I came to Christ, I never hated hated black people again. I came to Christ and I, I never beat up my wife again. I asked my dad, how did you know people got saved when you grew up? Especially if there were men, it was all women in the hills. Not very many men got saved. I said, well, how could you tell if a man got saved? He said, it was easy. Their wives healed up and their children started being fed because they stayed drunk all the time and they played cards and they cattle rustled. But he said, we know when they got saved, their wife was fit to go out in public because she wasn't all bruised and beat up. And these kids began to have milk instead of liquor and they got a daddy back that they never had so, well we know when they were saved it's called life transformation and i don't believe that christ died for american christianity he died for biblical christianity the kind that changes you inside out this is biblical christianity it's like in our country we debate Does Jesus, is he Lord or just Savior? Oh, friend, go say that in the two-thirds world. As soon as they get saved, they're put out of their family. Or be a Jewish convert. You lose your job, you're put out of your family. You disown. Most Rosen, when he came to Christ, his father put him out of the family will, put him out of his inheritance, just because he claimed Yeshua was Messiah. When he got baptized and we baptized in the two-thirds world in bathtubs so the muslims won't kill the new converts there's no such thing as a christianity without a lord jesus is lord we don't make him anything we're always in the process of a bowing to it there's no two-step it's one You come to Christ and he'll change your internal disposition to follow Christ. Follow Christ because you fall in love with Christ. I should be starting a revival. Some churches, they get saved over this stuff. Um, Look at chapter 3. A born-again person stops practicing going to church. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Verse 6. No one who abides in him. And John uses uses abiding as an interchange for believing much of the time. No one who abides or believes in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices, and I'm reading ESV, see that practices, the word you want to get. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. And we would say this, for he has dedicated his life, got filled with the Holy Spirit. No, no, for God's seed And that word seed is often an equivalent for God's nature. And Peter says we have become partakers of the divine nature. Did not Peter say that? We don't become gods, but we became a partaker of God's life. And God's DNA is transferred to his kids. His DNA. So we should not have this, well, there's five kinds of Christians out there. There's only one kind those who really know him and you know you will love all kinds of Christians with different labels It won't matter because it's the Spirit of Christ that makes you one it's the Spirit of God that makes you kin folks and he said uh, you cannot continue to practice that John already said Christians do sin did he not say that but the emphasis here is practice way of life That uh, my way of life is I do this sin. I'm known. Let's say if we were to bury you and we were to be put down on your epitaph, what you're known for, what would it be? For anger? For cussing? For stealing? For whatever? Or would it be for loving God? For joy? For peace in the Lord? Loving the brethren? What, What are those dominant characteristics in your life that we'll remember you by? And so he's saying... To be born of God ends your practice with sin while admitting we still sin, but the practices. It's the exception, not the pattern of our lives. Doesn't everybody remember David did that terrible sin? How many times did he do that? Now, the murder, you don't want to do that too many times. But when you're the king of a nation, you could take life at whim if you wanted. He wasn't just an ordinary citizen. He was wrong. But he had the power of life and death. But and we keep saying David, that adulterer. David, God never calls him an adulterer. He calls him a man after God's own heart who committed adultery. There's a difference in committing it and being one. It's a big difference. Measure a man by the pattern of his life, not by the exceptions. Well. Um, a born-again person, are you passing so far? Good night, and am giving you the verses, you better pass. Uh, chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us tolerate each other. Oh, love. And love is you get all gooey and get goosebumps? Or is it the kind of love that God gave his son? Sacrificial love for the object you love. Let's just translate, you folks who can't stand a goosebump because that's too, you know, that's too, that's just not cerebral enough for you. Uh, just, just be willing to sacrifice for the person you say you love. I don't care if you get all teary-eyed. Who do you love that you would sacrifice, maybe stoop to wash their feet, would feed them, clothe them? You would do the concrete act to show them, don't worry about all the emotional side of it, just you would do the deed. You do the God so loved that he gave. He, his love moved him to action. Now, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Are you a people lover yet? Do you love God's people? And uh, it's amazing how many so-called Christians are always down on Christians. Uh, and, uh, and probably because they're not saved. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And He just keeps going on that uh, when you know God, he just, he guesses abroad his love in, in your, your heart. And you all of a sudden uh, come to love people that you could not even imagine being thrown together with. Of all kinds of social strata, ethnicities, uh, various backgrounds. Uh, Wow. I was just with Carolyn's people uh, in Fresno this past weekend for a family graduation, and boy, when I think of uh, the backgrounds represented and uh, the places they'd been, where they came from, thought of my own people, how poor we were coming into this state out of a depression. just common people, just so common, as common as an old dish rag. I thought, wow, how did God ever get us in the body of Christ? I mean, not educated, uh, not impressive. Why in the world would God want us in his family album? It, it's, but then, once you get in the family, he makes you love everybody in the family. I, I, um, my mother's people were fighting Irishmen. My grandfather, Meek, was a coal miner in Pitcher, Oklahoma. My dad met my mother because he bought a Victrola record player in 1925. And my dad loved music, so he went over there to hear a recorded album. 1925. Well, he met this Irish daughter, my mother. And, uh, but they were... Most of them, for most of their lives, were not really believers. And we would go to a Southern Cal to see my mother's people. And what they basically did is went through about five packs of cigarettes every four hours. Uh, you need the ventilator to get through there. Drink coffee and cuss the Republicans. I mean, they were fighting Irish, blue-collar... Uh, poor boy people and they'd do this. We'd go down there and of course my mother was the oldest of the 10 brothers and sisters and so we'd be playing with cousins and all that. Every Sunday morning my dad would always come up missing. Always. Always. About 2 o'clock our dad, we always knew when he was coming back because he whistled or he sang. He whistled his way through life. And so he's coming back And us kids were, Daddy, Daddy, where you been? He said, it doesn't matter where I am on Sunday. I'm going to look up some of God's people. Because I'm a born-again man. I don't care how small the crowd is. I don't care if it's a storefront. He was a free in this guy, small Pentecostal. Because there's something in him. I don't want to cuss the Republicans. I don't want to drink coffee. I don't want to smoke. I want to celebrate the God that saved me. I want to be with his people. When you're born again, you love his people. And why? The greatest, one of the greatest tragedies that happens on the earth is when the saints of God get to fight with each other. It, it, it's when the saints get crossways, God will see to it that visitors quit coming. If you want a country boy saying that my dad said, He said, you never had doves stay in a tree where coon dogs were fighting underneath. That's country boy. He said, the doves would always fly off. He said, if you saints want to fight, God will see to it that the dove of his presence just flies away. He lets you just devour yourself. Galatians said, I'll let you devour yourself. You'll lose a sense of his peace. Because Jesus is, is peace." And love. And God didn't save us to fight with the saints. The devil already hates us. He doesn't need any help. He makes you love, folks. Are you loving any of the saints? Do they know you love them? Work at it. It's just a part of the DNA. You can't help it. And then let's see here. Uh, a born-again person believes. Look at 5-1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And back in chapter 4, everyone who believes that Christ came in the flesh, verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus, confess Jesus, is not from God. Uh, You know, in verse 2, by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Uh, We confess he really did come, and he really is who he said he was. He's the son of God. There's the doctrinal part. There's the right belief. But to see love, that's not necessarily right belief. It's just the right attitude towards fellow believers. Uh, Practicing or not practicing sin, that's behavior. Practicing righteousness, that's behavior. Are you born again? How do we know? We measure you in three areas. Do you believe the right thing about Christ? Do you have the right affections towards Christ and his people? And how are you behaving? And if you can't get it together, you know why? You've never had his life in you because he changes us from the rebels we are to becoming people that turn into lovers, We become lovers. We're easy to hurt. We're easy to persecute. You know why? We're not out to fight. We're not out to hurt people. We're here in this community to do every man, woman, boy, and girl that will let us. We're here to do you good. We're here to do you good. We have no evil intent against any human being because Christ turns you into lovers of people, starting with his own people. The light that shines furthest always shines brightest at home. Don't worry about reaching Ethiopia if you can't love people right here. It starts right where we are. What a great God we serve.
0: Life forever in Jesus Christ. That's the title of our series here in the book of John. And we trust our time together today has encouraged you in Christ as we work our way through this wonderful gospel. It is our hope and prayer that chapter 20 and verse 31 will come to bear on your own heart and mind and that you understand why John wrote what he wrote for the purpose of believing and having life eternal in Christ. To review a copy of today's program, or to obtain the entire series, we would ask you to get in touch with us here at Truth For Today, and there are a couple of ways to do so. You can call us at 855-833-9864, or you can stop by our website, valleybible.org, and take advantage of the resource materials that we have posted there as well. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. Suite 278, Hercules, California, the zip code 94547. And as always, your gifts make a great difference here at the ministry. No matter how large or how small, your financial contributions to this ministry allow us to continue presenting the gospel here on KFAX. As a TFT sustainer, we would also like to pass along your way a quarterly newsletter along with our once-a-year special gift and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional that we have. Again, these are all just simple ways of saying thank you for supporting us financially, realizing that this broadcast is presented daily here on KFAX through your financial involvement as well as your prayerful support. One other note, as we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You can find out all of the details and directions at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. We thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure to share God's Word with you. And we look forward to the next time when we can do it again here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.